Hi, this is Sisu Bergs, and you're listening to the Functional Tennis Podcast. Welcome to episode 72 of the Functional Tennis Podcast. This week I speak to the up-and-coming and very personable Zizou Bergs. He tells us about his first ATP Tour victory in Antwerp, playing Kashinov, his team, why he didn't choose the US college route but still attends college, and more. Before we get started, a shout out to our podcast sponsors, Slinger, who make the Slinger bag the awesome portable ball machine. Okay, here we go. Hi, Zizu. Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. Hi, thank you for inviting me, first of all. Excited to have you on. Uh, Congrats on your first ATP Tour win last week. It seems to come in success with your TikTok career. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I started TikTok like five weeks ago or so uh, because a friend of me and also uh, a guy who knows a lot about social media, marketing strategy and all of that. He actually said I should I should start with TikTok because it's a really big big platform and uh, yeah so I started and at a certain point it came pretty much in social media I saw it on ITF Tennis Federation on Tennis TV I think also ATP and then some pages on Instagram so it uh, it goes it got, has a lot of visibility. Yeah, no, I, I only saw your videos more recently. I saw the what was the one if the tennis players were students. I thought that was really funny and that's what I saw and then I saw a few of your other videos. So it's come in line with your with your, with your success last week. Uh, tell me, how does last week compare to a Futures tour, futures Tournament? Because that's where you're most weeks. Yeah, exactly. What's the number one difference? The biggest difference is the stage you're playing on, I think. The, the energy that is going around because you are super, super excited give everything you have in in these big tournaments and the futures um, from natural I'm a guy who works really hard so I don't have any problems with uh, motivation or so it's just uh, the the external energy that's coming coming close to me with with the atmosphere the the crowd that's there the the stadium the the big players you're playing um, the the media all of that just gives uh, an extra boost and and sometimes yeah because i've proven in the past that every time i'm playing the european open i, I do decent results although it's not always winning um i lost a few times uh, twice seven six and the third against against good great players did you have match points last year against felix yeah it's been already two years i had uh, two match points against felix uh, the year before i played Chichipas, which was a okay match not special and then the year before I played uh, Pierre-Huyerbeer when I was 70 years old, so pretty early. And I was also 7-6 in the third. So every time I'm playing there, I just I just can step up step up my game. And tell me, what would have happened in the semi-final when there was no crowd? What? <laughs> I think I would just continue the, the way I was playing because, okay, the, the crowd gives me motivation, but I know I, I, I have the level and um, I don't have a problem showing my level on court against these kind of players so even if it was an empty stadium I would be still very hyped very pumped to um, to continue the way I was playing and I think that's the most important the way I'm playing and and putting myself on court with uh, 
how I want to present myself. I think that was uh, really important, and I, and I did all of that. Okay, now there was crowd and stuff, but still the, the stadium was not full packed because of the corona measures. So um, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, no, I I definitely it's obvious that you have the level that's clearly visible. But um, do you think there's a lot of players? who were ranked where you were coming into this, I know, mid 500s, mid 400s that have the level, they just need opportunity to really show that they have the level and to give them belief and confidence. Um, that's a, a great question. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very convinced there are a few guys that are ranked five, 400 that are really talented, that have a level, but just cannot bring week in, week out. Um, but there are also a lot of, a lot of guys that, are 500 and don't have the level to to go through for sure some sometimes you need luck you need opportunities but then you also have to take it and to and use it and i think that's also a part that's really difficult and i and i did that in antwerp i i got a i was really lucky because i normally i didn't get a wild card i got an opportunity and i took it with two hands and i showed on court that i was worth the opportunity but again there are a lot of players don't have the level but there are also players who have the level but yeah sometimes just miss lack of of mental mental aspect like maybe me in the past that okay i have a level but for me it was tough to bring it um, in fifty thousands and all of that so i think there are definitely uh, players who can really match the, the level of victoria yeah and what was it like i I saw one of your, I posted one of your videos uh, before it started. Uh, the Air Zizu one, the the TFO one. I thought it was a yeah. great, great video. Did really well. Uh, yeah, but, but tell me, have you played with those guys? Have you practiced with those guys before? Well, that was my first practice with the with the guys um, for the European Open. I usually don't really train with with big guys and. Only with uh, Ruben Bevelmans and Kimmer Kopians that are Belgians. I was playing like really great level the last weeks, months on, on training, and um, but I didn't really try it against top players. So I was curious in the training how how it went against these kinds of players, and it went really good. The level was almost the same, but just like result wise, I was kind of surprised. I also told my dad like, "Oh, okay, that's pretty impressive what I'm doing with the results because I was." I was winning a lot of points, a lot of games, a lot of sets. And that also gave me a uh, confidence because it was not that I was really stepping up my uh, level in practice. It was just like my eyes went open from, okay, if I do this against these guys, they, they cannot do anything with it. Like if you serve big, if you return big, if you go forward, I mean, they you give them a really tough time. And I think that was also what gave me a lot of confidence going into the first match against uh, Vinolas. I say that can put you in such a good position where you're like, oh, I, I can actually compete with these guys and give them trouble. And so you go in and how did you feel going into the match? So obviously, so you were confident, any nerves? Well, yeah, like from before practice, I was confident. And I, and when I saw the, the draw, I was like, okay, that's a player I like to play. And I know he doesn't like my game. So that gave me a lot of confidence and I have time to play. And, um, yeah, of course, you go on the big stage, which you don't really deserve, to be honest, because in my opinion, I didn't really deserve the wild card, especially on, on that kind of level. So you should be not as confident, but still from practice, I was really confident and I, and I knew I could, I could beat uh, Vinolas. 
and you go on court, you're you're still a bit nervous because you're not used to play at this stage. Um, and actually, during the match, I had, I was too tight, too tensioned because I felt in my breathing that it was kind of difficult. But uh, for me, we were working mentally on, on to stay loose, to stay aggressive, to keep moving forward, to go to the net. Um, and I think that what really helped me to, to keep thinking about, okay, play loose, play aggressive, go to the net, take charge of the game. And I think that's what eventually pulled me through the match. And was your family watching? Yeah, sure. Um, they had to go to go home earlier than when the match finished because we in Belgium have this uh, night clock. You have to be home before 12 o'clock. So my mom and brother, they had to go home early. And this week, was my dad was coached because my coach tested positive. Um, so that was kind of pity for my coach. But my dad was with me all the tournament. So that was nice. Great. Uh, what a bummer your family had to leave. But look, there's curfews everywhere in the world now. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a pain. But so then you were on again. Then you, tough three sets with Kashinov. Yeah, exactly. How is that experience playing such a big hitter? Like again, I know, I know a lot of people were saying, yeah, it's really hard. I, to be honest, I saw I saw him playing a few times on TV, especially, but I didn't go watch his game before the match because. I really wanted to keep going in, in my idea how I wanted to play. And I'm convinced when I play my game, it's tough for the opponent to take charge of the game. So I try to step in the match with my vision. And from there on, we work. And when I started the match, I felt like, okay, this guy, he might be very high ranking-wise, but he is not going to tennis me away tactical-wise or power-wise. He's not going to hit every time a winner or serve an ace. So at that point, I felt confident because I was still in charge a few times. And when I went to the net, he had troubles. He didn't really go to the net. Okay, he serves big. He has uh, big shots and all of that. But still, I was very happy that I could control the match a bit. And then I took the break in the first set at the end with an an amazing uh, return that I hit full. Yeah, like... It, it went pretty fast the first set at the end because it was just like equal, take, holding the serve. And then I took the break and I got losing there. It's like, okay, let's keep moving forward and, and try to, to finish the match. And actually I was, I was doing great. Just like a few opportunities I had, I didn't really take, but still he played great tennis at that, at those points. And he knows, you know, the difference. He gets a lot of chances from me. And my job was at a certain point to defend my break points on my serve and, and all of that. And he only gave me a few opportunities on his serve. Um, and then pity one that every time the, in the set, the last game of my serve, I lose a serve. But uh, again, I think I did a great job saving some games where I was low 40 down. Also, it's more easy to play those guys because you, you try to be loose, aggressive, going forward, just hit it try to control the game. There's not as much fear. All the crowns is, is supporting you and all of that. So I think that a lot of parts were in my advantage. And okay, still you have to, to bring the game and that's also what I did. And do you think those guys, top guys, they're just so good at when it comes to the six fives, five fours, they just can screw up another gear. Did you find that at all? I think I find it more with Kashinov than with Finolas. I think... Uh, Every time when it was close at the end, I went even more aggressive, I think. 
and he got more tight and then he tried to compensate with being aggressive too and start to miss. And I think Kashinov, what he did, I think I also said I a few times during the points I was clapping for him because that's where they get my respect the most when things got tight, when things got decisive to take the game or no. He stepped up a bit and went more aggressive and went more for the shots and it was going for his way. The ball was rolling for him. And I think that was also like the difference for the match eventually. Nice. Yeah. And did he say anything to you after the match? Well, of course, he said, uh, great job and good luck for the future. And then we went doing our cooling down and I, and I took my bags for the shower and he was alone. And I said, okay, this is a great opportunity to talk about a match, to learn things from him, how he sees it, what to improve and all of that. Uh, we started talking and and his coach also came and yeah, just about the match and what's important for the close future to 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 do the same in, in the future and all of that. And I think it was really interesting and, and helpful. That's very nice to get that information. Like it's a bit like a mentor. Did you know we have over 170 great episodes with coaches, players, trainers and experts working at the highest level of the game? Tap the subscribe button on your podcast app so you don't miss out on the latest episodes of the podcast. And to listen to our great back catalogue of episodes with the biggest game changers in tennis, go to functionaltennispodcast.com. And when you're with your current team now, you've, you've your coach, your dad helps out. Is there anybody else on the team? Do you see a psychologist? Do you have a trainer? Based in the federation in the in the Flemish part of, of, of Belgium, it's called Tennis Vlaanderen, and there I have actually a, an amazing team helping me out for for a couple of years already. And now since since um, March 2020, I have a whole new team. Um, I also started like one week ago with a new psychologist. So I mostly work with them and travel mostly with uh, my tennis coach. But since I work with the psychologists, I really think it was really helpful. I feel really a connection. I like the guy a lot. And um, I also felt after the tournament that it's really important to, to improve my mental aspect because uh, once again, I think the level is there. It's just really important now to bring it week in, week out, tournament by tournament. And so um, also the coming weeks when I will travel to Greece, my psychologist will join me to really make, uh, to make steps to going forward to improve myself and um yeah really i really believe in it i have a lot of confidence in it and i really enjoy it too yeah i think you make a good point there you have to believe in it for it to work people some people won't give it a go but i think that's great but you briefly touched on uh the flemish federation what's the difference i don't know anything about this i just know they're split in two what's the difference between the two federations well sim- simple the 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 club you join for example, I joined a tennis club in um, in the Flemish part. Well, you have the rights to be associated with the Flemish federation. And then, otherwise, too, if you're based in a in a tennis club that's in the French part of Belgium, well, you have the right to be associated with the French. I mean, the, the French part of Belgium. That's really separated, and they don't work together, which is a kind of a pity one, in my opinion, because we're such a small country. It's not that we have plenty of plenty of players and still it's hard to manage to all train together. But now it's getting better and they're working on it. But um, yeah, that's Belgium. It's just like this. Crazy. And what one is Goffin in? Goffin is in the French part federation. I mean, he grew up there. 
together a couple of years with my coach, Darces too. And then from before, there are many players that grew up in the in the Flemish federation. So yeah, we have a few. Also, Alison van Eitvang, she grew up, uh, she did a, some years in the federation here. Geert Minne, I mean, there are a, a few players though. And do you get to practice with Goffin at all? No, because he lives in uh, in Monaco. And uh, when, when he's in Belgium, I think he, he plays more at the French Federation. That'll be you in a few years, living in Monaco. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good sign. No, I'm going to ask you a question here that is an intriguing question. We, we get some juniors on here, some players who've been to college, some who haven't. You were what, top top 12 junior in the world. By the way, was Simon Carr your age? Yeah, Simon is my age, yeah. Do you know Simon well? Yeah, pretty much. I'm not sure about doubles, but we definitely practiced a lot together. We had some chats and uh, we played a few times against each other also in singles. Uh, nice. Yes, Simon, for those who don't know, Simon's an Irish number one, actually. I used to practice with him the odd time. I was hitting partner. Normally when he's injured, he, he would call me and says, Fab, I'm injured. I'm coming back from the injury, so I'd hit a few sessions. Used to absolutely love it. And I, I haven't done it in a... And I'd say, I think it's just over a year now, really miss it. But anyway, Simon's a great guy. We get him on here and good to know that you know him. But may I ask why you choose, I'm sure you would loads of college offers, but why did you make the decision to proceed with your tennis career in the professional route rather than the college route? I think, especially on the junior tour, every time you talk with an American, it's always about, are you turning pro or are you going college? Well, we in Belgium have more than that. We have a system where you actually can study and do tennis. But sometimes the Belgians, to be honest, they, they look they don't look further than what, what than what the normal is. I looked further than that and I found like a program which allows me to study. Like if a bachelor takes three years, I will do it in six years. So I do it half time, part time. Um, but it allows me to go full time for tennis and Next to that, the federation uh, was helping me. Um, I had a great coach, which they also helped me with. Um, a great uh, accommodation to improve myself and all of that. So that for me, there was not even a doubt choosing between college or or um, going pro, as they say in uh, in in terms. After all, I think college is also a great opportunity for players to combine the things you love. Um, to have a degree and I also believe after college you can really make it um, no doubt about it but it will take more long And but at the end the normal age I think now when you go in top 100 for the first time is about 27, 28 so if you do uh, if you stop at 22 with studying and go full time for tennis I mean there is no, no problem I think to still make it Nice that's very good so you're doing both which is great and we only had uh, Iga Suntex coach on last week and he said he was fighting with her during COVID, during lockdown, because she was studying 10 hours a day. To I know she was finishing her high school, but it's good to see young players there like yourself who are so invested in education. But what are you studying? I'm doing a sort of business management and management science because I, I mostly think more than just sports. I really like... Um, to build also for the future, to look at uh, at the marketing strategies about uh, the economics around it and all of that. So it, 
from naturally just interests me and my dad is also that way and yeah as you say there are players who invest in themselves uh, well i like to do it too because i mean first of all you're like a person then you become a tennis player uh, slash student then you're the tennis player and then you're back the person and then you have to find something else it's not that you can play tennis for so long well the time you do tennis i try to do it as good as possible i work really hard day in day out and studying for me is more like a relaxing part where i take my mind off tennis there are players who really like to play PlayStation, watch Netflix. Well, I do it. I like to do it too, but still there's time to study. Uh, it doesn't have to be much. I mean, if you do uh, one hour a day, it's already a lot because, okay, if you have exams, you try to maximize it with a few more hours to re- that you can succeed on your exams from the first time. But I think for me, it's a great combination and I like it. Nice. Well, we can all find an extra hour or two in the day if we don't spend as much time on our phones and all sorts of stuff. Tell me, what's next? So you, you, you're going to Greece. What is there futures in Greece? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, I will play there three futures. Heraklion. Heraklion, yeah. Now, due to COVID, of course, it's, it's really strong because uh, when I was there in February, I was second seed with uh, this ranking and I'm um, 15 in qualities. So it's a big difference with last week. I took a lot of confidence. I know the game is there. It just it's just a matter of, of showing it. And I think also with the psychologist that's joining, I really am confident that we can we can make things straight for myself and, and work it out and to show it on court day in, day out. Of course, it's a process and it won't be uh, like this from out of the sky. But um, yeah, I would be already really happy if I uh, could go far every week. Nice. Well, this is coming out in a week and a half. So I'll be tracking your progress. I actually only ever played I played some Dublin Futures but I played them in Greece as well eight years ago I played that Futures tour also Heraklion yeah I played Heraklion and what the other islands as well I can't remember I can't remember the name of them, but I played Heraklion the Irish guys were going down and I was like I may as well go down and give it a go myself and I played a few of the Dublin Futures but I was injured and it wasn't great and anyway we won't that's enough about that but uh, what's your TikTok username if people want to follow you on TikTok or on Instagram it's pretty easy. It's just uh, Zizou Bergs, or in English, it's Zizou Bergs. That's just that. No, no added letters, numbers. Great. Well, if people want to see some of your fun content, check you out on TikTok. We'll, we'll still be posting some of your videos on Instagram. Thank you. Which are great. So keep sending them through. And yeah, best of luck and looking forward to seeing more ATP Tour wins in the near future. Yeah. Thanks a lot for inviting me and for the chat. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Zizou. I think he's going to go places. He's a great attitude. He always wants to learn and I'm really excited by it. So keep your eye on him. I'll be back next week. Same place, same time. Hope you have a great week. Bye. Bye.